0: And what we do with all of this, what we call like raw footage, is we're able to sort of dynamically insert all of these things and turn, like this is sort of my thesis, like how can you turn one ad into five? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was what we did. So rather than having all of these one-off scripts from different people, different influencers, which again, that that makes it incredibly difficult to test. How am I gonna know that this worked better than this? Because it could be the person, it could be their delivery, it could be Mm -hmm. what they talked about. We wanted to just get raw footage of people saying really you know awesome things that are still authentic what they liked about what they didn't what problem it solved and then we take all of that raw footage and with that raw footage we're able to create you know 50 different ads from just you know two what would have been originally full videos
1: welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me your host matt edmondson the e-commerce podcast is all about helping you deliver e-commerce Wow, and to help us do just that, I am chatting with the beautiful, the amazing Amelia Kumba from SubSummit. Oh yes, Amelia and I met at the SubSummit conference this year, and so we hit it off, and so it's great to have Amelia on the show. But before we get into the conversation, let's talk about this week's show sponsor. Now, are you struggling to grow your e-commerce business? Do you feel like you're constantly spinning your wheels trying to figure out what to focus on next. Oh, yes. Now, I have been there. I know how frustrating it can be. And that's why we have got e commerce cohort. Oh, yes. Now, e commerce cohort helps e commerce businesses like yours deliver an exceptional customer experience that drives results. And to help you get started, I love the fact we have a free resource called e commerce cycles. It's a mini course which walks you through the proven framework that we use ourselves to build e commerce businesses. I'm going to show you the specific steps steps to take on your own e-commerce business so you can see exactly how to put it all into practice. And the good news, it's completely free. You don't even need an email. I know, I know. So you can find out more information at ecommercecycles.com. Now, that's the sponsor. Let's talk about my amazing guest today, Amelia Kumba, the Dynamo Director of Performance Marketing and Acquisition at Pet Plate. With a rich history in paid media and performance marketing, Amelia swapped her software engineering hat for the exciting world of startups. She's made a name for herself by supercharging early stage companies into profitable powerhouses with a knack for scaling growth, optimizing ad creative, and boosting efficiency. Amelia definitely brings the marketing magic. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show. Amelia, welcome. It's great to have you all the way from sunny New York. How are we doing?
0: Mm I'm doing good, Matt. And um, how are you doing? How's that eye of yours?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna ask: Have you ever had a podcast host punch you in the face? Because I think I think I might be the first.
1: <laughs> you are. De- we should probably explain, uh, dear listener, that when uh, I was at Sub Summit uh, this year, Amelia and I met up in the speakers lounge because you were speaking and I was speaking, right? And we. We got on. We we. I thought we got on. Actually, we had a great conversation. And then, as you left, you punched me in the face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me give you a hug, not a handshake. <laughs> 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 um, it was
1: very funny so it is the first time that anyone has punched me in the face I think uh, my eye is just about recovered now so we're okay.
0: good good it looks great you look great so <laughs> <you know.
1: laughs> it's all about these moments. sadaf who's the show producer um at Orion media we were talking about sadaf before we hit the record but She saw your email where where you sent to me an email saying, how's your eye? And I was like, I need to meet this lady that punched you in the face. That's awesome. She's like, I've been wanting to do that for a very long time.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, That was for her. That was for her.
1: Yeah, she called you ahead of time, right? And said, do me a favor. You'll get away with it. (laughs) Oh, my God. So how was uh, Sub Summit for you? Did you enjoy it?
0: Oh, it was awesome. Honestly, really one of, the, one of my favorite confer- conferences I've been to. I mean, the, the people that were there, just amazing. They're, it was a huge one, too. I've been to a lot mm. of smaller conferences, but the caliber of people, the amount of them, um, just the whole thing was really, really awesome. Um, I'd never been to Dallas either, and, and okay. I don't know if I'll go back anytime soon, but like, just the entire event was absolutely spectacular.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I like you, I was, I, it was a lot bigger than I was expecting it to be. Um, and met so many great people there uh, but really really enjoyed myself and so um, it's definitely not the first time for me I've been to Dallas I have friends there so it was like the third or fourth time I'd been to Dallas I think something like that Um, but yeah just just love the conference can I ask what was the standout point for you
0: oh that's such a good question um let's see Honestly, I mean, so the panel that I was on was with um, a couple founders. Um, one of them was the founder of August, which is like a period sexual wellness company. And then the other one um, is called Plate Crate. And, and Josh was the CEO there. And, I, you know, I, I went into this panel being like, oh, I'm going to share my, you know, like ad creative techniques and this and that. And I swear to God, I spoke like for two seconds because the entire time I'm up there sitting with them and they are just like dropping these like, incredibly insightful nuggets, like again mm. and again and again. Mm. I couldn't even like, like I didn't have anything else to add. I, I was literally sitting there at one point point, um, <laughs> they were saying something and I just went like mic drop, like that's it. Like you guys don't need yeah. to do anything else. We could all stop. So I, I honestly despite the fact that like, this was a panel I was going to be on, I, I literally emailed them after. And I was like, I think I got way more from that than anybody in the audience. It was just so incredible. So that was a big highlight. Obviously the dinners and the, you know, the yeah. meeting and the networking and stuff was amazing and all the events were great. But uh, I, I was just blown away. I, I was like, I don't even deserve to be sitting here with these incredible people. I'm just taking it all in.
1: Oh, you, you totally deserve to be there. How did they, um? how did you and Sub sort of make that connection? How did, were you invited? Did you contact them to speak? How did that work out?
0: Yeah, so a good friend of mine, Jay, who um, we spoke or we met at a conference called Media Post like a year ago, and he was a speaker there. I I just got back from that conference speaking again about like the ad creative and stuff. But we met there. He uh, used to be the CMO of Link, and we're the same age. So incredible, just like, you know, 27-year-old that kills it, you know, publicly traded company. Um, And he left to go start his own company called The Starters, which is basically like, you know, a new generation of like finding freelancers for growth marketing um and so he was talking to me about how he he was going to this conference and he had mentioned that they are looking to fill a couple spots on the panels Mm -hmm. um and i was like let's go count me in i'll be there i'm there
1: i'm there (laughs) no great great i i thought it was brilliant i thought you were great and um it was it was genuinely great to meet you and i have to be honest with you amelia i have not met that many people on the planet that have just the sheer passion and enjoyment for ad creative as you i mean just the energy that comes out of you when you talk about these things is quite extraordinary
0: Thank you, thank you. I'm actually, t- to been told more than once to tone it down, but, but I can't.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. That's part of the magic.
0: Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I agree. I agree. Uh, but no, I mean, I mean, ad creative is 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 really just one of those last you know levers that you can pull in performance marketing. And I think uh, you know, there's no more targeting as granularly anymore. All that sort of stuff has gone away. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially with TikTok and stuff, it the ad creative space and creating good you know video ad creative is actually so much easier because you don't need to spend $15,000 to hire models and, you know, do this mm-hmm, big shoot. Mm-hmm. It's actually the opposite. You know, the best ads perform when you're literally, like, holding your phone up and talking yeah. to them and, you know, having influencers give a genuine testimonial. So um, I-, I think that, you know, we're still in this, you know, time where people and especially like brand marketers are just trying to wrap their mind around that. Um, but it ends up like opening just the ability to really scale that um, and, and, you know, create better ads that perform you mm-hmm. know, so much better, um, easier.
1: So, what have you learned then in this space in the, in, in recent months that's going to help us? It's a bit of an yeah. open ended question, but let's start and see where <laughs> it goes.
0: See. I have all the answers. No, um, <laughs> I mean one of the one of the things that I did at Peplate and again, I just came back from a conference and I and I talked about this like modular ad creative system. But uh, you know, as Matt mentioned, I'm super passionate about that. Um, you know. UGC is is so critical, and I think everybody on the you know DTC Twitter space is talking about how UGC is dead and yada yada. Um, and and I and I agree with that to a certain extent. I think like just getting a bunch of influencers, um, having them create content and then expecting it to perform that is dead. People are yeah. very aware that like if somebody's talking about a product, it's probably sponsored. They're probably being paid for it, and so I think the the genuinity of it, if that's the word, um, is sort of lost. But yeah. at the same time, really the thing is, you know, why UGC still performs and has all performed is it's it's a third party nature of somebody that isn't the company telling you why this product solved yeah. a problem in their life and was great for them and so f- from that perspective like UGC is never gonna you know go away it's always been that way word of mouth is one of the best you know like marketing channels right that you can have one of the best ways to um, you know acquire new customers and I think if you do UGC right that's that's what it is um, but from a video ad creative standpoint it can be incredibly difficult to turn out like new video ad creative that's gonna perform. And, mm. um, you know, at Pet Plate, I don't even waste time with static images. Um, like s- some people, okay. especially right now, they say that they can perform and, and I don't disagree with that. Um, but when you add motion, when you add animation, when you add, you know, like just, just different transitions and stuff to even a static image, um, you're gonna, it's gonna perform so much better than like a, a blank static image. So I say that because one of the things that we did and I've learned over the last, you know, o- almost two years now at Pep Plate, Um, is that there's a way to unlock the ability to create hundreds, thousands of different ad creative UGC style videos from very very little content Um, and that's one of the things that when I work with various brands and stuff they struggle with is how do we get new content how do we continue because ad ad fatigue is so real and again when you're looking at paid media and performance marketing especially on the Facebooks and the TikToks like that is one of the last levers you can control to really improve performance but like you know you'll run an ad for two weeks it'll kill it and then it'll stop and so Mm. you know so many companies they're waiting for those ads to underperform and then they have to go start from scratch and create new ones. And I needed our team to make sure that that wasn't the case. Um, And so rather than, again, having a bunch of influencers that we handed scripts and they created these ads, we narrowed our influencers down to three from like literally 18 Um, and what I did instead of giving them a script and being like recite these lines blah 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 blah, was I needed them to look and to sort of give me talking points different clips and stuff of them talking about the problem it solved the solution why they liked it yada yada and what we do with all of this what we call like raw footage is we're able to sort of dynamically insert all of these things and turn like this is sort of my thesis like how can you turn one ad into five um mm-hmm. and that was what we did so rather than having all of these one-off scripts from different people different influencers which again not, that makes it incredibly difficult to test how am i going to know that this worked better than this because it could be the person it could be their delivery it could be mm. what they talked about we wanted to just get raw footage of people saying these really you know awesome things that are still authentic what they liked about what they didn't what problem it solved and then we take all of that raw footage and with that raw footage we're able to create you know 50 different ads from just, you know, to what would have been originally full videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we really worked on this system. It took a couple key things, obviously having a media buyer in house, um, but the biggest thing was having a video editor that we could lean on. And so, you know, whether it's changing out different hooks, whether it's different text overlays, different transitions and stuff, all of these things, the raw footage, plus the different editing styles on top, you can create thousands of unique combinations yeah. of ads. And that's how we've unlocked performance. And, and again, made it really, really easy for ourselves because we don't need to work with ten thousand influencers we don't need raw footage every week um we really honestly like i shoot with a couple influencers like every quarter and that will set us up for you know the next 10 weeks
1: wow okay there's a lot there immediately
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about this um modular ad creative system and so i get what you're saying so you get, this, uh, you get this video from an influencer, you can slice and dice it, and you can mix that then with animations, overlays, and all kinds of things, different music, to create all kinds of different ad creatives. Do you give the influencers any kind of a steer on, I mean, I know you don't give them scripts, but do you give them these story points, these talking points to, to hit?
0: Yeah, we will. I usually, and this is really, really important. We don't work with an influencer that hasn't tried the product or I don't talk with. So, um, and, and that's why it's really important to narrow them down because I can't mm-hmm. jump on the 30 minute calls with 10 1, hundred of them, you know? Um, so the few that we work with, I'll jump on a call with them. Um, we'll have them fill out a form in that form because peplate human grade, fresh dog food, like literally humans can eat it. Like it's it's made in human grade facilities. Um, and then there's, you know, a lot of studies about how that's, you know, so important for dogs and longevity and stuff mm-hmm. compared to like just feed grade conventional kibble. Um, So the first thing that I'll do before I even give them any talking points is really ask them about their story. What were the problems their dog used to have? Why did they switch over to pet plate? Did they try other human grade dog food brands? What did they like? What did they not like? And then what did they like about pet plate? So we try to give them talking points in the sense that like, we know a way to phrase something that's going to perform well. So again, it's not necessarily like a one-off script. We might help them curate some of those talking Mm -hmm. points, but there's a bunch of different buckets, whether they fed their dog, they still feed their dog kibble, whether they cook for their dog, whether their dog had this problem that once we identify that after talking with them, we're able to sort of craft, all right, here's, here's what's going to work best from a, like talking into the camera standpoint.
1: So the, when they're, you give them a talking point and, and, and you give them sort of specific ideas because you know that's going to work well. So you're going to hit different angles, which is uh, which is great. They're recording that themselves or are you bring them into the building to record that. How how does that work?
0: It's a little bit of both. So if we have a couple influencers that we work with very, very closely, they happen to be in New York, we did that very purposely so that we can have them come into, and, mm. and it's not even a studio. Like we might have them come into our office and stuff like that. Um, so we do do that and, and I'll sort of like feed them lines, again, all based on their authentic experience. We'll let them sort of improv a couple things. Um, but other times, again, because we work closely with them, even if they're not coming into the studio, we will just give them those talking points. Um, and, and it can still look like a script, you know, like, oh, hey, I want you to hit this 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 thing what you like about it, what you don't, Um, what would the, you know, the solution and the problem was, what the, you know, the features and the benefits of are? were, you know, pre-portioned, it comes in these great little containers that are resealable, they're not messy, you can stack them in your fridge really easily. Um, So we give them all those things and it might look like a script, but the one thing we don't do is we don't like make that into one ad. I think that's sort of the difference is that again, all of those things can be individually, as you said, sort of sliced and diced um, and used in any other ad ads. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a bunch of different people sort of like those, you know, testimonial I call them like UGC mashups, but they each, each like talking point that can be like, you know, anywhere from five to 15 seconds can be isolated and can live across so many other different, um, or across other different talking points and stuff. So it's a script in the sense that we are feeding them, Hey, this is how this works. Or this mm-hmm. is what we've seen perform best. Again, they can, we, we try not to be rigid. They can, we want them to be as authentic if they mess up like that's even better. We really wanted to feed Feel like they literally got peck plate and they were like this shit is awesome um but we also aren't going to just make that into one video and be like oh mm. one and done
1: yeah so the you mentioned then uh that you get them to talk for between five and 15 seconds per sort of sound i'm going to call them sound bites
0: sound bites is a great um, way to put it yep. yeah
1: yeah so each soundbite is, is like five to 15 seconds um, it's kind of problem solution oriented, um, and, uh, you, you, know, it can sort of stand alone on its own. Why five to 15 seconds? Is it a case of, we need these things to be short and snappy?
0: It is. I, I definitely think so. And, and I think that goes back to like a whole different thing. You know, Meadow really pushes like short form video performs the best, especially in the world of TikTok. And that's true, right? Like I think probably like, you know, nine out of 10 times a shorter, you know, a, a f- 50, 30 second video is going to perform better than like a one and a half minute video. We still, we don't focus on that though. The length doesn't matter. I think the beginning of an ad video is the most important. And that's where like we make, and that's again, why it's important for us to control like how we're editing and how, you know, all of these talking points are flowing. But our goal is to make sure that everything we want somebody to know about Pet Plate happens in the first 15 seconds of an ad, right? Like it's human grade, it's pre, um, you know, pre-portioned cups, they're microwavable, you can stack them, are easy. Um, It helped. you know, we'll talk about they'll talk about how it, you know, helped their dog or whatever. We Mm -hmm. make sure anything that the user is listening to, if they don't watch more than 15 seconds, they're still going to leave that video and know what pet plate is and know the important things that they're supposed to remember. The rest of it is just great. If we can get Mm -hmm. somebody to watch the remaining, like, you know, uh, one minute of the video, that's even better. But Mm -hmm. we don't prioritize length necessarily or or it being shorter. We just make sure that the most important things, the things we want some to walk away with are in those 15 seconds and then if they watch the rest of the video that's even better and that again can be more authentic and stuff so our highest performing videos are literally a minute and 30 seconds and we worked with some facebook reps and they were like ah you guys are really you know not really following best practices here and we sort of went back and forth with her and she was like Oh, like, but they're working. So you know, don't change anything. So I think it really depends. Again, like, we're not. It's not some long drawn out. Like, yep. oh, my dog was this and that, and you know, like we we make sure it's like short, snappy, and to the point at the beginning, and then everything else is just added benefit.
1: Yeah. Wow. I mean, so in the first fifteen seconds, you're trying to communicate a whole bunch of stuff. You using um a lot of fast edits at this point or is this actually a sort of like an opening script from the implement not script is a wrong word but it's a sort of a in this opening soundbite you need to say x y and z right these four yep. things hit them and you need to do it in in, in like 15 seconds
0: Yeah. Well, again, like, so like, uh, so our highest performing ad, it really starts out with like, I was watching shark tank and I came across this awesome guy and a super cute dog and they started this human grade dog food company and they sort of like look confused and you know, I had to try it out and yada, yada, yada. And then they sort of, you know, that's the first like five seconds of it. And then they jump into like one of the best things about it is that it doesn't make a mess in my fridge. It's not stinky. Um, and you know, I've seen huge improvements in my dog's poop or, you know, it's stuff like Mm. almost like visceral stuff like that, right. That sort of grabs your attention. Um, but again, I don't need, that. influencer to say that in the first 15 seconds of whatever they're giving me because since we own all that raw footage they can say that in you know the the 60 seconds of their you know Mm -hmm. long-form video that they're sending us we chop it up and we just make sure that those parts that we want are in the beginning um and so will also especially this happens especially when we're in studio in, in office when we're recording with these influencers i'll have them say like those lines they'll they'll land on a line whether it's like hey i was watching shark tank and i'll have them say that a couple times and they'll use different inflections at the end yeah. right so that it's easy to parse those things and sort of move them in a modular way into whatever part of the you know full video i want but it doesn't sound like it's super scripted you know you can tell when something you somebody was ending on a high note and they were about to continue yeah. to something else so i'll have them sort of recite those lines a couple times so that we're able to integrate them into whatever portion of the video we want.
1: Wow. So how long do you guys spend um, creating these videos? I mean, because it sounds to me like the recording process is pretty slick, as in, these are the kind of things that I want. It's gonna take you maybe an hour to record mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing, maybe two. I don't know, uh, Amelia, correct me if I'm wrong. But the editing process, Sounds like this is going to take a wee while, (laughs) as they say.
0: It can. I I think, um, again, that's the power of an in-house video editor. It's so funny talking to all these brands because every brand has a graphic designer. They might have a Mm. team of graphic designers. You can't have a brand without having somebody doing the design, right? Like that's just Mm. everybody knows that unless you're a founder and you're super, super early stage and you're going to do all the design. Design and the visual aspects of anything marketing-wise and and brand-wise are important. And so when I talk to these brands and they don't have an in-house video editor, I'm like, I'm just flabbergasted because we live in a world of video. And so Mm. One of the first things I did with PepLAte when when I was sort of moving in from let's bring the the team in house so paid media all that growth stuff um, was I, I made sure we hired an in house video editor um, and this guy is he's an incredible. Rock rockstar. He's young, he's hungry, he's like, you know, a Gen Z. So he gets the transitions and the TikTok style and sort of the low fidelity is what I like to call it. Um, but I can hand him and, and we'll do it all in one take. Right? right? I set up my camera if I'm working with an influencer mm-hmm. and I'll read them these scripts, they'll they'll start sort of going off on their own and stuff. But it's one long 15 minute video right? of me being like, oh, that was great. Say that again. I'll hand him that stuff. He'll start chopping it up. And when you have a good video editor, they can whip through this stuff so fast. If I mm-hmm. hand him a 50 minute, you know, video of just like, again, it's it's going to have 20 different raw clips that we can pull out of it. He can do that in two hours, you know, and and, yeah. and they, he's like a wizard when you watch him. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen like Mr. Robot, you know, and you watch like he's that hacker, you know, <laughs> he's just like going through the terminal and yada, yada. Like, that's what he looks like. He's got all these shortcuts. So when you have a good video editor that knows what they're doing, it really doesn't take them that long. I think one of the things we struggled with at the beginning when I was first brought on, which is why we needed to hire an in-house video editor was that it was taking these agencies and stuff so long because they're working Mm -hmm. on 10,000 other ads for different clients. So that's where the bottlenecks can come in. And that was again, why we needed this in-house video editor. But I mean, he can whip out an ad in, in, you know, an ad, a full ad that then has 15 different versions of itself, different hooks, different styles, all that sort of stuff. He can whip that in, in two days. And again, that'll be 15 finalized ad creative pieces there that we have a very strong, you know, in inclination, they're going to perform well, um, really, really, really fast. So again, yeah, you're right. It does, it probably takes like two hours to film depending on how many influencers we're doing. Um, and then he'll whip through those from an editing perspective, really, really fast fast because we also really had him focus on building templates and inside Mm -hmm. of the like editing platforms Adobe or whatever you know you want to use they're called I think it's like motion graphic templates or something Mm -hmm. and so he'll start creating those so we've got different like text overlay templates different styles different transitions so once he's actually edited that raw footage pulled out all those raw clips it's really almost like a drag-and-drop nature oh hey I want to try this you know, hook at the beginning. We'll have this. We'll switch out this problem solution clip um, with this influencer's one, and then we just overlay those motion graphic templates on top. And he can turn those out like nobody's business.
1: That. Yeah, I, I I can picture it in my head now, Amelia. Him just sort of busy, because uh, I've seen really great video editors do that, you know, and just it's like they become one with the machine, and it, it it's, 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 quite, uh, one
0: with, it's it's actually insane. Yeah. yeah, watching him, I'm just like I my and I talk very fast, I process things very fast, I listen to podcasts on three x speed, and watching him video <laughs> edit is like insane. <laughs>
1: You listen to podcasts on 3x speed. Why does that not surprise me in any way? I'd listen to them faster if they gave me a faster speed, Matthew, but they don't. Um, <laughs> so the let's go back to some of the components then of this modular um, system. So you've mentioned the need for a hook. Um, we've obviously got a call to action in there somewhere. And obviously the desire within the first 15 seconds to fully understand what's going on. Um, talk to me about those. Start with a hook. Yes.
0: So, Hook is absolutely one of the most, if not the most important aspect of an ad. So the hook is really the first three seconds of any video. And the statistic goes, if you can get somebody to watch the first three seconds of an, a video or an ad, you are you have like a 70% higher likelihood of them watching the rest of the ad, or at least like going to 50% of them. So sure. um, hooks are so critical. And I think, um, and we test out hooks all the time. Every single video, again, it'll be like a full ad creative video. We'll have just five different versions of that exact video with different hooks. And we'll have already created them, we'll create them from start. Um, but hooks are really, really fun. Um, and we have this like, uh, you know, one of the things I had my team do at the beginning before we even started building this system was to go and find ads and to go record them, whether they were going through Facebook ad library or just getting served them on social media. And we would take inspiration from all of those different components mm. of the ads. And so hooks are really, really cool because again, the goal is just to stop the user from scrolling, catch their attention and get them to watch those first three seconds. Um, And so I've seen some crazy stuff. Everybody has probably seen the calm ads where it's like this 3D rendered, um, you know, like moving through sand, almost ASMR thing, right? Or um, one of my favorites is this like drawing app um, that was like, you hold your phone over and it'll show you like the outline of it and stuff. And And the guy's drawing a chicken. The first three seconds of this video, he's like smashing an egg, right? Like so out of context, like what the heck? But I immediately stopped. It grabbed my attention and I was like, what the heck? So I think hooks are obviously really, really important. I think where they can go wrong is that people try to make them too integrated and too like yeah. bridging into the ad where they can actually just be like random aggressive stuff. Spoiled Child does this incredibly well. There's a couple other brands that do this really well where again, the goal is really just to capture that user's attention. Nobody ever remembers uh, you know, an ad that they saw, right? They'll remember the brand, they'll remember mm-hmm. how it made them feel, but it can be ridiculous. We had this like flaming kibble um, uh, video. It was basically like uh, our um, my media buyer went to his place in Jersey, he got some kibble, lit it on fire and it's just like beautiful slow-mo of kibble burning and that has worked really really well and we're not obviously in that ad we might not even talk about how bad kibble is or whatever it is but like that catches somebody's attention and so we'll do random stuff like that we'll throw a pep plate at a wall we'll have somebody eat out of like what clearly looks like a dog food container um so it's all those sorts of things that i think they don't need to be like perfectly related to the ad themselves but they need to catch that user's attention um and that's one of my favorite things we'll buy styrofoam and we We'll like burn it or something, you know, and it'll just be like those first three seconds. You're like, what the heck is this? You know, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then you watch mm-hmm. the rest of the video. So hooks are really, really important. They can be really fun. We film them all the time. And again, we'll like take different videos and um, different hooks and we'll splice and dice them and overlay them into whatever new ad we're building.
1: So a hook for you then is actually part of the video. It's, it's, a, it, it's a video in itself. It's not like text on the screen. It's like somebody's doing something or some event is happening on the screen
0: exactly something that's gonna catch that user's attention and and that's one of the thing reasons why I'm so like I'm good at ad creative and I'm really passionate about it is because I've got ADHD, like you, I am <laughs> the best person to like go through and audit an ad because I, I'm thinking about 10 other things while we're filming this right now, you know? And so if I am, if I'm not like my attention is not grabbed and I don't stop watching a hook or watching the beginning of an ad, like it's a really good indicator that any random user, because we all, when we're scrolling on these social media feeds, like we're the perfect example of somebody with ADHD. We're just trying to go to the next piece of content. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're right they're 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 interchangeable, but they are very, very central to the ad. And there's been a lot of like, we've done A-B tests for this and and, and a a lot of other people have, but it can really, really impact the actual performance of that ad just based on those three seconds. Um, And again, it's another really great way to turn one ad into five. You can have multiple different hooks um, and you can create whole different versions from that.
1: So we need a hook. um, We need user generated content. We need these sort of story blocks, these snippets. to, to to sound bites as we call them to go in there. What else? What else are we looking for in this uh, ad creative?
0: Yeah. So there's a bunch of different, like what I call like modules or frameworks. So there's the hook, there's the problem, there's the solution. Maybe there's a use case. Somebody's talking about, um, you know, how they, how they found it or how they specifically feed their dog. Um, I'm looking for, uh, yeah. So, um, there's also like an agitate. So maybe they're talking about the problem, but then they dive into like why that was so frustrating for them. Um, there's like a desired end result. So there's probably 20 or you know 30 different modules again that we we call them um and and not all ad videos will have every single one of them they usually follow like hook problem solution feature benefits you know ugc or personal testimonial and then call to action but mm-hmm. you can interchange those with a lot of um, different ones and so again like you can you, once you have 20 different modules and each one of those modules has three different raw clips um, of different people talking about that. Again you can like you can just do the math on that like it's literally combinational like you know different permutations you can end up with like 300, 2000, stuff like that.
1: Wow wow <laughs> So we've got the hook we've got all the little bits uh, in the middle. How do you go about doing the captions? so you know the, the sort of text that goes alongside the ad creative?
0: Yeah. Great question. Um, every single ad needs to be mute first. Everything like when we develop website, right? It's all mobile first. You're building yeah. mobile first. It's the same sort of thing. And an ad creative should also be mobile first. Um, but it's what we call mute first. So it needs to be able to be comprehended without the sound. In in the world of TikTok, most people have their sound on now because they're watching reels and they're watching TikToks, but there's still a large portion of people that are not. They're just scrolling mm. through while they're doing something. Um, so everything is mute first, which means that every single ad needs to have full captions. Like I need to be able to read this thing and understand what the person's saying even without hearing them. Um, so everything needs to have captions like full. I'm, I'm dictating what they're saying. Um, and those caption styles, we try a bunch of different ones out. I mean, and and you could like look at your TikTok and see all of these different styles um, just in general. Sometimes they look like bubbles. Sometimes they're, you know, like they've got like little borders around them and mm-hmm. stuff. We'll, we'll develop a bunch of different ones. And again, like even those little things can change how a user resonates with an ad. So those are really important um, and then when it comes to outside of just captions, text overlays, will overlay like, you know, things and it'll sort of like pop out when somebody says things, but it's, um, you know, the important part. So when somebody's talking about the features, they're pre-portioned, they're mess-free, they're microwavable, like those things will pop up on the screen alongside the actual captions because that's what we want them to take away with. So yeah. they can understand the video without the, the sound and they can completely read, you know, everything that the person's saying, but then everything we want to be emphasized again, like those benefits those call you know call outs those problems and stuff will have those pop up when the user saying them um and and the goal there again is to make sure that like those are the most important things that we wanted the you know listener to or the the viewer to see and take away with
1: so there's a lot going on here isn't there on the screen and um and i can see how it in one sense i can see how that's going to capture people's attention but i guess thinking around this a little bit one of the big problems you're going to have is is to not make it too confusing for people. I don't know if you've, if that is an issue.
0: Too confusing, meaning like there's too much on the screen. Yeah, there's kind of just thing.
1: too much going on. Like people just feel overwhelmed. Or is that yeah. not a thing?
0: there's a balance. I think we've probably all seen ads where there's just too much going on. I I do think that's way less of a problem than people think. Um, Mm -hmm. again, like you want the main point of whatever that screen. So if they're talking about the problems with other human grade dog food brands, they've tried, they are messy. They are super, you know, smelly. You have to put them in their fridge. You have to wait for them to defrost. Um, we'll make sure that is emphasized. And again, we'll have small captions at the bottom. Um, but we do want to make sure that there's not too much going on, but I, I think, like when you look at it like you know you know Mm -hmm. like you'll you'll know and and you have to be a user you know a a viewer too you have to put yourself in a mind of somebody like scrolling through social media and how they would see it if you have to look at like where your eyes gravitated to um but i don't think it's as big of a problem as as people think about i think the more the better um again Mm -hmm. we are in just this like attention deficit sort of you know like like world right now and um you're you have to control that by really like Emphasizing and making sure the things that you want those people to take away are really at the forefront of whatever they're looking at. Um, but the other thing we'll do too is we'll have like other people, whether it's, you know, people that are not in our team or other people that weren't involved in creating that ad, we'll have them watch it too and we'll get their perspective. And um, that's a really good way, again, to pull yourself out of, you know, the person that was creating this ad that obviously has bias um, to be like, all right, what did you think? Where were you confused and stuff? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think it's as big of a problem. I think way more often than not, people are not using enough of these text overlays because that is really Mm -hmm. at the end of the day what grabs those people's attention that in transitions there's this whole new style right now um rocket money they do the best of this um but like every time somebody's talking they're like zooming in and out and you're just like you, you know you're even just that little motion, again, like you're you're looking at it, it's keeping your yeah. attention. So the transitions are really critical. Um, and there's a bunch of other different styles. Rocket Money also does this one where they'll have like somebody talking at the top. Um, maybe they're interviewing somebody about how frustrated they were that they had all these, um, you know, accounts that they were paying for and they had no idea. And then they'll have at the bottom like split screen. They'll somebody baking a cake. You know, like just because it like you're you're watching this and you're like, what the heck? And like a lot of brand people, by the way, are going to be like, wait we can't do that, no way, but it gets you to watch it. You're confused mm. and even that confusion or that sort of like controversy is gonna get somebody to watch it. And then again, you're gonna still take away the same thing. Oh, Rocket Money, they did this. I happened to watch the video because I was watching somebody frost a cake and it was sort of soothing or whatever. But I also had the takeaway of this person being like, I was able to cut $200 a month of you know savings because I found out I had two accounts on Hulu or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, brilliant. So the uh, you've got all of this going on, how many ads are you putting out at any one point in time?
0: So every time we launch a new ad concept, we run five of them. That'll be the same, like, again, full sort of, like, script or whatever, same full raw unedited video, and then we'll have those different text overlays, those different transitions, different hooks, and we'll test them against each other. We never run more than five of any new ad concept. When in an ad set, Facebook can't even, like, dedicate enough spend to five different ones. So we'll run those five. We'll immediately see which ones. Like, they'll have different KPIs and stuff, whether it's, like, click through rate, you know, cost of ad to cart and stuff um, that we have, like, as benchmarks for. For what we know is going to continue to perform, and like within the first 24 hours, we've probably already killed one of them. Within the next, you know, 48 hours, we'll have killed two. So three is really like our sweet spot, and we'll find mm-hmm. three ads that really, really kill it out of that five. Um, but at any given week, I mean, we're lucky because we, because of this system that we've been working on so long, that we've got three or four ads that have literally been running for over a year. And in this like post iOS 14.5 world, like evergreen ads are very, very rare. So we yeah. got lucky, but again, we tested and we tested, um, and we know like very, very specific, you know, like we know this, you know, text overlay style is going to be perform better than this one or this caption style or whatever. Um, but you know, every, I would say, every month we're testing out 20 different ads and we'll narrow those down to like five really high performers that will run for probably at least two or three weeks. Um, But we never start with, you know, less than five of any given like sort of Mm. new ad concept um, and we'll narrow it down from there.
1: Wow. So I've got some interesting questions to ask you now. I'm going to, we're going to try a little thought experiment if that's okay, Amelia. So on my desk are various objects. Um, mm. And I'm curious. I'm going to show you the object, and I want to know how you would do the ad creative. How would how do, how would you do this? Right? I would that is that okay?
0: This. I love this. All right, okay. let's do it.
1: First object on my desk: Lego Indiana Jones.
0: Mm. Okay, so we're trying. Bear in sell- mind the
1: new Indiana Jones movie is coming out now. Actually. Ooh.
0: So i'm not even a huge indiana jones fan so um the first thing i think of is like obviously the demographic is probably going to be you buying this for your kid maybe you want your Mm. kid to watch it maybe you want um in the world of like facebook and stuff like you're most likely going to be the person watching this and you want them to buy it so um if there's a new indiana jones movie coming out i would probably start with that you know like Mm. oh my kid was so so excited and Actually, I'll stop there um, because the audience, the person that you're going to buy this for is the kid. So it can mm. seem like the kid should be the one talking about it. Mm. And so for dog food, what we had historically done is we tried to have as many dogs like eating our food as possible. That never Works because the dog isn't the one buying the food. It's the people Mm -hmm. and the people that their time is saved, their, um, you know, vet bills are saved and stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, it might seem intuitive to have the kid do the ad. I would say, Matt, you're going to be the one doing that. So you would get Mm -hmm. on and you might, you know, say something that, again, like we mentioned the Shark Tank stuff, if this new Indiana Jones movie is coming up, you'd probably be like, you know, my son or my daughter is so excited about this movie. Um, It's still like a couple weeks out from coming out. I was scrolling through TikTok and I saw, um, you know, this parent talking about this new toy that was launched and they absolutely loved it. And here are the, you know, three benefits about it. It rolls, it can be taken apart, yada, yada, maybe throw in some um frustrating thing about you know previous like legos or Mm. something you know one of my favorite aspects of this is that um it really looks like indiana jones you know and so Mm. when my kid it, he immediately knew what it was even if that hat was removed um and it's got these interchangeable like pieces so he can make indiana jones go from rolling you know running away from a boulder to holding his whip um and you know uh, I'll stop there too because i'm I'm going in circles. But uh, the other thing that you could do too is almost like give a story of how you guys played with it together. So mm. my son and I, we set up this awesome scene because, you know he was home from school one day sick and I needed to keep him entertained. And so we built this awesome, you know little system with the uh, you know these Lego pieces and this Indiana Jones Lego guy, and then we built this fort out of you know cardboard boxes. You try to paint that story to help somebody imagine them being in your position. Um, and, and yeah. doing that with their child. And you know, again, the, the thing for you is that obviously my son loves it and he's gonna be so excited about it. He can't wait for the movie to come out. He's gonna bring his toy with him when he watches the movie. Um, but it made my life easier, right? Because I didn't know what we were gonna do on this rainy or sick day. Um, and so we developed this little, you know, character play of Indiana Jones fighting our dog because you know they were both trying to, you know, reach the medallion or or whatever it is, right?
1: Fantastic. I love it. Right, I'm going to give you the next one now. And um, to Sorry. do that, I need to stand up. So this t-shirt here, Ooh. uh, was designed by my daughter, okay? Um and so how would I how would I advertise that? What ad mm. creative would I come up with for that?
0: Hmm, interesting. I think again. I'm just
1: trying you know? to think. I'm just trying to pick really random objects, Amelia. Yeah, as, no, no. As I just... love it.
0: Also, beautiful design. That is so cool that she built that um, and she made that. So let's say you guys were trying to sell that. Um, I think obviously, like one way you could do it is just talking about the product itself without relating it to your daughter. So um, mm. these are you know really really cool designs. Um, you know, and maybe she could you could tell a story about like what it means and how it was designed and stuff. I think again, a better thing would be because especially for like t-shirts and designs and stuff like people like them or they don't. Right. And Mm. I think you have to make them like, find that story and paint that picture in their mind so i actually think like the best way to tell that story would be telling about how your daughter built this and why she designed it and stuff because i think that's emotional they're you know like somebody they want to support this this you know young woman that's you know trying to start on her own business um have her tell her story um you know you can again talk about the amazing features like oh it's you know washer washable it's you know Mm -hmm. not gonna peel off even that front thing um but i really think when somebody is is talking about their personal story. Like some of our best ads are Ronaldo coming on and he's just authentically talking about like why yeah. he started Pet Play, you know, and he was on Shark Tank and all that stuff. And it, it grabs somebody. It makes it feel like it's not a business, it's a person. People don't want to support businesses, especially in, in today's day and age. They want to support people. And so mm. I think to sell your daughter's t shirt, she should be on all, you know, cute. And maybe you're like doing, um, you know, like a, uh, a fast paced or uh, you know, sped up version of her actually designing that in something, yeah. right? And and then she's talking about her thought process and, and she's making some mistakes and stuff. And then she has this shirt and all of her friends are around her and they're wearing it. I, I think, again, you have to tie it into that personal experience and make it authentic because then again, you're gonna get people that love the shirt and they were gonna buy it regardless of who designed it because they think it's cool. Uh, but then mm-hmm. you're gonna get that other audience of people that are just like, oh, I love my daughter to do this. And maybe this will inspire her, um, you know, and, and by wearing this and, Oh, you know this is really cool because you know I would love my kids to do this at some point, and we want to support other you know parents and children and stuff that are um, you know doing stuff like that.
1: Fantastic! I'm gonna let Zoe know. And <laughs> then my final product. Uh, you ready for this one? The last one. I'm
0: ready.
1: Uh, vegetology vegan omega three.
0: Ooh. Okay. Brain eye. Held source from what is that? algae or microcollagen. Micro,
1: yeah, so algae. So the story behind this, right, is fish don't actually make omega-3. This is a common misconception. Omega-3 comes from the algae that the fish eat. And so what vegetology do is they just take the omega-3 straight from the algae, which is a beautiful thing, so it's the highest strength you can get and it's mercury free. Plus, it takes about 50 fish to create a bottle of Omega-3 that big. Um, So you're keeping 50 fish in the ocean. And they're some of the sort of really cool talking points to that product.
0: Uh, you just created the ad. That's exactly what it would be. Did you know that when you're taking general omega threes, it's not actually the omega threes from the fish. They don't create them, but you're getting it from the algae that they eat. So we thought, why kill a bunch of fish to get, you know, 20% of the omega threes we would have gotten from the fish. And why don't we just go straight to the horse source? Not only is it more sustainable, we're saving, you know, fish's lives or whatever, mm. but we're actually creating a higher potency and we're able to extract way more of these omega threes and a higher, um, again, you know, potency or compound, um, than if we were to just pull this from the fish. But I think that exact like hook at the beginning, did you know that fish do not create omega threes? Anybody watching this is going to be like, wait, what? Like I've been mm. taking omega threes forever. They all taste like fish and they're disgusting. Um, that's going to grab somebody's attention and then you can sort of walk them into, um, you know why that is. And I think that sort of like storytelling is incredible. I was just watching this ad yesterday. This guy created this, like it's called TNT for mosquitoes or something. And he started <laughs> find those do you know that like the reason why mosquitoes really like people is because they produce CO2 and CO2 is what like um, uh, is what like is sort of like the sensor um, or like the you know the little like eye-catching thing for a mosquito and mm. that's why they come and eat people um, but he started out sort of like explaining this concept that people had in their mind they thought they knew and he flipped it on its head he said that's not actually the way it is and immediately I started watching it I was like wait I've been told you know uh, mosquitoes like me because of my blood for so long and it's actually that I just produce produce CO2 or I've been mm-hmm. spraying myself with this disgusting stuff. Why couldn't I just have this little thing outside, you know, my pond or whatever that produced CO2. And that like sort of, you know, distracted the mosquitoes from me and, you know, made them go into them. So I think exactly yeah. how you said it is the way to do it. Um, the other things I noticed is talking about like how it's good for your brain, your heart and your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously those can just be listed out as talking points, but I think diving into those, um, and explaining like how each one of those, um, is really important because somebody, that's trying to solve a problem for their eyes or for their heart or for their brain those might be three totally different people and so i think even with that alone you can create different ads and it might not even be beneficial to stack those sort of solutions and benefits on top of each other um you should probably lay them out and they're each going to provide a value to a different audience but again i think starting with the did you know that omega-3s do not come from fish they come from the algae that they eat Mm -hmm. like why the fuck have we been just killing fish for their omega-3s you know Mm -hmm. let's just go directly to the source like that is going to catch somebody's attention um and i think that's a really really great intro to a product
1: right I feel educated <laughs> <Amelia>. <laughs> very very educated now where's the where do you see the future going for this because obviously it's all very exciting now um uh, where do you see the sort of next 12 18 months sort of going for ad creatives different platforms as well I'm curious to know what your predictions are for Facebook Instagram TikTok Pinterest
0: yeah um AI is a really, really big thing right now. Obviously everybody's using ChatGPT. I use it every day for just basic stuff. I even use it to help me create different versions of hooks, right? We'll, we'll mm. feed it this like little one line of a script, the Shark Tank thing, and it'll spit out a couple of different versions. So that's really great. Uh, the really cool thing that's happening right now is using AI for videos and static images. Mm. Um, there's a lot of different companies where you feed it a render of your product and it'll put it on top of whatever background you you want. Right, So that right. is going to, almost completely eliminate the need to do photo shoots obviously mm-hmm. there's still a lot of work that needs to be done and you know when it comes to like evergreen style people holding a product it has a little bit of you know ways to go but the video ad creative stuff and the ai um and what ai can do i think is really really exciting because i don't think ai is going to replace ad creative videos or the need to film ugc mm-hmm. by any means but i think the things and the ways that it's going to help produce those videos the different again like I should be able to feed, and they actually have systems like this and tools, but I should be able to feed it a video. and it, It's going to itself overlay all of those different types of text, you know, overlays and stuff and those caption styles and the transitions, mm. it's going to be able to identify those. We're going to be able to plug it into Facebook or, or have a pixel of it um, or whatever that company is on our website that, you know, similar to what we do for Facebook, and it's going to also be able to understand that performance. So it's going to almost be able to train itself to adding those text overlays and the mm. video editing styles and stuff on top, and it's going to know what's going to perform best. Again, there's a couple tools that are starting to do that right now, especially on the organic content side. I think the ad creative side, there's going to be some really, really exciting things. And, um, you know, everybody's fear with AI is uh, it's going to take our jobs, right? Like mm-hmm. that's not the truth. Like uh, maybe copywriters, like they need to step up their game a little bit more and become yeah. closer to prompt engineers. Um, but from a video side, from an ad creative side, from a design side, it's just going to really help people from mm-hmm. an efficiency standpoint. I mean, we were working with a um, an agency research Recently to build out like a big commercial like and we we're going to do this huge commercial push we're still going to do it um, in the next couple months but uh you know we had entire designers like create these um you know like frames they're almost i forget what they're called like mood boards you know like mock-ups mm. and stuff of like yeah. the different you know stories here's what ronaldo's going to be doing when he's cooking the food um and that took like a whole person to basically draw that stuff out like we're going to be able to completely replace that it's gonna you know save 17 hours of time right there from mm. an individual doing that um so there's just going to be so many different ways in which it's going to help with efficiency not to mention that i've seen some of these ad creative tools and again you feed it a render and it like does this amazing stuff where I, I was watching this demo of Adam's shoes um, and like, it's this render of Adam's and it's like walking through the rain and then there's all these, you know, like different style leaf th- and it was just like, it was really, really cool and again, that would have taken some you know, um, it's called a blender, you know, I think they do all the three yeah, renders Blender but, yeah. but some blender designer, you know it would take them weeks to be able to do that and now we're going to be able to do that with AI um, and we'll AI will start getting better because rather than it being, I Feed it a prompt and it gives me an output. We're actually going to be able to dynamically, like, um, sort of mm-hmm. interact with those things. So if it, it gives me a static image of, you know, like this Adam shoe or a pet plate cup next to a dog that's eating it or something, right? I'm going to be able to like select d- different aspects of that image or that video and be like, remake this. I want it to look like this and stuff. Mm-hmm. So right now, AI is not like that. It's very input output. I think there's going to be a world in the next couple months, in the next, you know, year or whatever, where you're going to be able to interact with that a lot easier um, and sort of like tweak those. Designs rather than just resubmitting a prompt and, and continuing yeah. to iterate from
1: there. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing where it all goes. Have you tried, um, something I did the other, the other week, was I had, um, I was writing a, a video sales letter, right, for one of our products. Um, and this was not an e-commerce thing. This was a podcast thing. So we're writing this, you know, 45 minute webinar video type thing. And we wanted a hook video at the start. And so we Chat ChatGPT to to come up with a concept and a script for the hook video. I was dumbfounded with the ideas that it came up with and then the script that it wrote. I don't know if you've tried doing this, but it, the, the fact it can generate an idea based on what you want, it? you want it to interrupt, you want a pattern interrupt, you, do you know what I mean all these different things. And it just came up with this really fascinating concept, and then scripted it. And I was like, wow, this is, there's no real excuse now not to be able to create these kind of videos in a lot of way. Now you've got ChatGP to help you at least figure out some of the basics.
0: Exactly. No, we do this all the time. And I think, again, it's like, all, utilizing AI, it's all about the prompts, like, and you reach a point where you're like, I'm getting the same response. I'm seeing the same sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so you have to get really good at that, but, uh, we do that all the time. Again, I'll feed it that here, here's the best, you know, hook that we have that I was watching shark tank and I came across this super, you know, awesome guy and his cute dog. And it'll, it'll come up with a bunch of different versions from that. And then mm. to your point, yes, you can have it generate full scripts. Um, I think the thing that I've seen is, is chat TBT in particular. Um, it, it just makes things long and it makes things yeah. really well written but it sort of goes into like it'll repeat stuff and whatnot so i've never used like a script that chat GPT has mm-hmm. spit out like verbatim but like i'm not a writer i yeah. suck at spelling and i suck at grammar and so when it comes <laughs> to like helping me with those mm-hmm. ideas and just that like quick start or start stop problem it is absolutely like a game changer. I don't have to be a copywriter yeah. anymore. And I can continue to refine that. Hey, I liked this paragraph, rewrite this, make it a little less, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's so crazy. Um, and I think it's only gonna get better again. Um, the next stage is gonna be a way to interact with it a little bit easier, highlight certain words. Hey, I mm. want you to remove all of this or I want you to switch this to that or whatever but um you know the the prompt engineers that are out there posting content about this stuff like it is a science you know and yeah. like the technical specifics i was playing around with mid-journey the other day and i was watching some people and the prompts that they were giving and it was they wanted to generate a, a house with this and this style but then they were mentioning like where the the angle that the light was supposed to come in and the camera lens that it was supposed to use mm-hmm. and i would have never thought you know mid-journey yeah. could understand that but it does and yeah, so totally. you just have to get better Better at really understanding its full capabilities and again like prompting is everything yeah. um, so it'll continue to you know just advance in that especially if you've got like a you know a glossary of different prompts mm-hmm. and different specifics that you can feed it
1: yeah one of the things that i've done which has proven to be very successful uh is to use ChatGPT to feed in a series of really well-written prompts into chat gpt um, and then tell chat gpt to write the prompt
0: to make uh, a better prompt i love that to, to
1: create and it creates a, a prompt that i can then use in mid-journey and it creates the most insane outputs um, it's so, so good
0: that's the type of thinking though right that we are literally in the midst of like mm. our brains we have not evolved to be able to think that way you know and it's like so you know when i'm uh using chat to come up with prompts right i'm i'm actually the first thing i did was i googled it like what's the best prompt and then i like stopped and i was like wait, like, what am I doing? Like, ChatGPT can answer the questions mm-hmm. that are going to, you know, produce the best results for itself. So it, it's something that, you know, we're going to just continue to have to get used to. But, uh, no, that that's just beautiful. I mean, even asking it, like, you know, build this, this, you know, like front-facing website or whatever in HTML and stuff. You know, like, the first thing I was doing is, like, Googling how I would do that. And then I was like, wait, I can ask ChatGPT how they would ask that question, then feed that into ChatGPT will yeah, yeah. find it from there.
1: The crazy thing now, Amelia, sorry to go slightly off topic here. The crazy thing that now is there's you can get plugins on ChatGPT. So you can now say to ChatGPT, go to this YouTube video where some guy has spent 40 minutes outlining how to create the perfect homepage. Go to that video. Um, and take notes of all the key points that it says and write them out in bullet points uh, and follow it step-by-step. Step. I want the step-by-step step instructions. So then it goes, watches a video and it brings a step-by-step step in, so I no longer have to watch the YouTube video. And then I can go, great, now using that platform, here's the context for our company, write for me the homepage. <laughs> Just like this is just getting bonkers now. It's
0: crazy. It really yeah. is crazy. I mean, we are in probably one of the most exciting times of, of of the human species in general. Like there's nothing else like this. Um, and it's you know, there's a it's scary a little bit. I don't know if you've watched any of like Lex Friedman's oh, yeah. podcast where he interview some of the AI engineers and stuff, but um it is it is absolutely insane. Um and and really exciting in in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Listen, Amelia. Uh, it, I just love talking to you, especially when it's behind a camera and you can't punch me in the face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how do people uh, reach you? How do they connect with you if they want to do that?
0: Yeah. I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I just, uh, Amelia or a, a Coomber is my LinkedIn. Um, Amelia at com is a great way. Just feel free to e- uh, email me. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, all the above.
1: Fantastic. Now I Googled, uh, well I didn't Google, I went onto the web and I thought Coomba.com. what is that website? It turns out (laughs) it is a wine website. What's that all about?
0: so my dad he's brilliant and and he's technically brilliant in some ways and not but uh so long ago he grabbed the Coomber domain which is super rare and so i've had that forever and it's amazing um but Coomber is uh my parents wine company so in 2009 uh they're big wine drinkers they invested in this what was called a custom crush plant which is basically like a white labeling facility for wine um and they just wanted you know to get wine for themselves but legally you can't ship a bottle of wine without a label on it so they sort of you know did a a little piss take and they built this like coomber family wines label and it had all of our animals on it it looked like we lived on a farm um but they've been making wine for the you know last 15 years or so and and the first wow. time they did it they won a couple awards on wine enthusiasts and it just sort of started to just become their passion so um yeah you can check out their little winery and wine tasting room in Oceanside, california but uh yeah, I get lots of rewind, which is awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you too. And I, here I have a question uh, because your boyfriend is from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And New Zealand make some really great wines. Um, and they have a lot of uh, vineyards, small vineyards, dot around. Um, how does your boyfriend uh, feel about your parents' wine? Is he a fan or not? Because to me, he this is it. the litmus test. Oh, does he like it? Yeah.
0: Like he does like it? it. He does like it. He's much more of a beer drinker, but we've gotten into the wine thing. He he wasn't <laughs> going to be accepted by my parents if he didn't at least. And like liked wine. So, this I used to the, the taste. yeah Yeah, um but uh, no he's a big fan it was it was funny we got back from new zealand in february um and i kept just buying a bunch of wine bottles and i was looking i because my parents own a wine company i know like what an expensive bottle of wine is Mm -hmm. and what it isn't you know like it's all about the label Mm -hmm. um and so i was buying these seven dollar bottles of wine that i knew were going to taste great and none of them were from new zealand and he was so angry at me i was buying Chilean
1: wines
0: and Australian wines. Um, we had a couple New Zealand wines and they were amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, so funny.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I think in New Zealand, you have to go to the small vineyards. That's my, uh, yeah. having been there a lot, you have to go to the smaller independent vineyards and you get some great wines. Amelia, listen, I, it's been phenomenal chatting <laughs> with you about this. Feel super inspired, very educated, uh, and um, just love your passion, love your heart, love your enthusiasm. <laughs> I think you're an amazing person. And so thanks for coming on to the podcast. I've genuinely loved every minute of it. Uh, it's been an absolute treat.
0: Thank you, Matt. This has been amazing.
1: Yeah, it's been good fun, hasn't it? Good fun. What a great conversation with the beautiful Amelia there and again thanks Amelia for joining me today also a big shout out to today's show sponsor the e-commerce cohort remember to check out their free training at ecommercecycles.com that's all one word ecommercecycles.com and be sure to follow ecommerce podcasts wherever you get your podcast from because we've got some more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss a single one of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, let me be the first to tell you, you are awesome. Yes you are, created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. Amelia has to bear it, I have to bear it. You've got to bear it as well. Now, the (laughs) e-commerce podcast is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Salaf Bainon, Estella Robin and Tanya Hutzalak. Our theme song was written by Josh Edmondson. Uh, And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, you can find them for free on the website ecommercepodcast.net, where instantly. You can also sign up for the weekly newsletter. So that's it from me. That's it from Amelia. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.